Thanks for joining us for another intriguing edition of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. What's up, guys? This is the Stack Pack, um, episode 19. We're still on season one, getting through them stacks, stacking up the Stack Packs. Um, I am uh, David Howell, joined as always by Road Dan, currently in uh, Milwaukee or in Chicago now. I'm in Houston now. Oh yeah, Houston. Fuck. So, so Moving every day. We were just talking about Whataburger. And then yeah, we're all in Houston. I mean, now we're all in Texas. We're all in Texas. And uh, Elias Dominguez, Eli Dominguez in uh, the Dallas area. Um, what's up, guys? How are you doing? Doing good. Doing all right. <sighs> Keeping on. One day at a time. Um, step by step. <clears throat> One case at a time. One case at a time. <laughs> Um, so this is a good one. Um, there's a there's a little bit of murder, a little bit of robbery, a little bit of the un- the mysterious unexplained. Your standard bullshit fluff story in the middle. Which one's the fluff story? The NDEs. The Which, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Total fluff. Total <laughs> fluff. You can tell it by Robert Stack's inflection. Yeah, where he's just kind of he's kind of just like smirking. He's like smiling while he's like like telling you these things. Yeah. Well, we've got 15 minutes to fill in this episode, so we're going to fill it with bullshit. <laughs> and he enjoy. He really does like do this do that like uh like half like not full smile where he's just like, "Come on, guys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am going to feed you a pile of steamy shit, and you're going to eat it up. <laughs> and you're going to like it. because Especially, like, the, the older skewing audience, you know? Um, um, like, you know, the little old house housewives and little old ladies sitting there. Like, the NDEs and stuff like that. Or, like, you know, or those, those soft, you know, little ghost stories and shit like that. They love that My stuff. friend Barbara and book club had a near-death experience when she was 26 i think you know i'm I'm thinking i'm gonna call those unsolved mysteries and tell them about barbara uh yeah so well we'll get there so the first one's fucking awesome though i think we can all agree with this had you guys ever heard of this before no never i have really oh yeah yeah this one's wild man And, and did, did did anybody do any more research? Because I didn't. Uh, I, I did. Um, I did a little bit of research. I didn't dive as deep as I did as on the last one and started digging through newspaper archives. But <laughs> I did a little bit of research on it. All right. Well, it's, well, let's uh, get through the nitty gritty first because I didn't do anything. And this, I mean, spoiler alert. If we say, did anybody do any extra research on this? That's usually because this is like unsolved as far as the episode it's goes. It's dirty. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a dirty case. Uh, so fucking okay. So this is a wanted case. Obviously, it's a uh, obvious. It's a bank robbery one. Like a Bon Jovi wanted. Yeah, it's wanted, uh, dead or alive, and it's also in Hollywood. And this um, happened in the year, uh, year of our Lord, nineteen hundred and eighty-six. <laughs> and um, basically, on I think it was the June June sixth. The reason I know that is because it's that's my anniversary. Not the actual year, but June sixth is my anniversary. Six six eighty six. Six six eighty six. So so um, cops respond to an alarm going off at a bank, and I guess they just from the outside they're like, mm, nothing seems odd here, right? Right. Yeah. No bank robbers appeared. Nothing appeared to be but out of the ordinary. That's general 
that that's generally how cops respond to all like burglary for like businesses. If an alarm goes off, they just do like a drive by and then shine their light into the window. And if something looks out of place, then they investigate. But if it just looks like little did they know what was going <laughs> yeah. on behind closed doors, yeah, behind so, closed vault doors. So that happened on Friday. The banks closed all weekend. Everyone shows up to work. Business is huge. I think they even say business as usual. Employees show up. Everything's going as normal until they open the vault. And there's, like, nothing in the fucking vault. Like, nothing, right? Two million dollars in cash and jewelry and rare coins was taken. And there was, like, pretty much a hole digging in the... Dug in... A hole dug in the corner of the fucking vault. It was a uh, 20-inch by 25-inch hole. Yeah. And they just... Like, it was precisely dug right under the vault. Burrowed their fucking way in there. (laughs) And in actuality, it was $270,000 in cash with 36 safe deposit boxes hit. Damn. Fuck. And And they had um, time. They got to take their time, too. The the investigator, straight up, he's like, it was awesome. Like, that's the only way he... Yeah. He was stoked. He was like, yeah, this is, like, badass. He's like, I've never seen this before. (laughs) It was, like, awesome. Like, I feel like he just couldn't think of any other word. He's just like, He did use that word. He said it was awesome. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty crazy. So, yeah, so, um, and then uh, Robert Sack explains to us about the the Los Angeles subterranean highway of storm drains, um, um, which they, you know, the cops immediately looked at, right? And then they found this crazy hole, 90, 95, a, a, a hole going 95 feet from drain to bank, from drain to yeah. the, from the drain to the bank. And, and they said it was engineered very well too. Like yeah, it, was, it was very safe. So yeah, the way they dug the tunnels was designed in such a way that uh, the likelihood of collapse was very, very minimal. But it was funny, like how you said it was ninety-five feet from train to bank. Like it's they're legitimately draining the bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, these were expertly crafted tunnels. They were about three and a half feet wide and four four and a half feet tall. And it's and I don't know how they determined this, but it says they were dug by hand and finished with electric tools, and like you guys said, expertly done, and no fucking clues, nothing down there because, like you said, they had they took their time, and mm-hmm. they cleaned up, and I mean all this money, two million dollars. I mean it's probably hard to steal a lot of. I mean to sell a lot of that stuff, especially stuff in safe deposit box without it like you know, coming back and you know biting them uh. in the ass. But when there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, but it's like, fuck, like, they really could have just, like, stopped there. That's a lot of money. Right. But 14 but months later. They got greedy, those little greedy bitches. They struck again. <laughs> they struck again. <laughs> so this was Saturday morning, uh, August 22nd of 1987. An alarm went off at a Bank of America, and... Um, once they got in there, they they uh, checked out the vault, and um, apparently these guys had fled during the robbery, but there was like a perfectly circular 18-inch hole in the bottom of the vault. Um, this is some skinny guys, too, man. Think about that. It's 18-inch hole? Like, yeah, man. That's like... Yeah. That's like... Really, if you think about it, I didn't think about that. Hey, they made them thinner back then. Yeah, they don't, make, they don't make them like they used to. But that's crazy. But if it was like a perfect, like in like concrete or whatever it might be, it was just a perfect circle. 
Well, they did well, that's have what that. They, show. they had that. What you call the? Like they were talking about, they had an 18-inch uh, basic diamond cutting hole punch that required a hundred-pound drill press to fucking drill through the. It was the called concrete. An, an 18-inch core bit, and that's something that can only be bought by construction workers. And that's one of the things that they left behind, and they were able to trace to a. Uh, it was bought. It was purchased by a fake construction company, and. And they were like, ah, it was a white guy. That's all we know. Well, they said it was a white guy purchased by David Spaulding. Yeah, Mr. Spaulding. What's and you up? want to know something interesting about that? The first bank they hit, one of the cross streets was Spaulding Ave. Yeah, it was definitely a joke. They did it as like a calling card. Like, haha, these fuckers Totes. don't even know. Totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they say that um, in the the quads that they found in the second yeah. one. Or, yeah, and they, the, this is the, the which they called quad runners, but quads is what we call them. Um, uh, they were all purchased by different people, probably that they suspected called. They David, had calling themselves David Spalding. Two different <laughs> individuals with two different descriptions, but same name. The same, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that the street name of the place that they robbed. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. Uh yeah, so um they were only to, they were only able to get away with ninety thousand dollars because you know they got interrupted, um and uh, like we mentioned they they found a quad hidden in one of the like just hidden right under one of the the sewer drains. Yeah, because I guess they assumed they took two right, and then they they ditched one of them. There was yeah. that, and then there were also two others found because they had another job planned a few blocks away. That's where right. they discovered the and third And then they hole. found the, the tunnel that was actually dug to the other bank. They just didn't hit it. So they think it was like two men. They think it was like two men, uh, maybe army guys, obviously friends. Uh, you know, they escaped. They, they think that there was two, two quads, and they ditched one, and they escaped on foot. Um, and uh, there was prints on the quad runner and, um, one, there was one print. There and, was only one print on the quad. And they had determined that this guy had never been to jail either yep. way. So, um, and then the cops, like when they were looking around in the tunnel some more, that's when they found this other tunnel under a bank with a drill already in place, ready to go like right under the vault. <clears throat> and the uh, um apparently and then and then the investigator says that the uh, bank employees said that if they would have gotten away with both of those they probably probably could have gotten away with 10 to 20 million bucks yep <clears throat> and all they know is david spaulding who was described as white maybe 35 6 feet rugged um you know maybe like a little 5 o'clock shadow and that's fucking it they didn't really get caught they just got interrupted yep and then yeah. they went and then they never hit another one again. Well, who's to say that? They they didn't use their old method, I guess, again. Yeah. They were known... They gave them the name the Burrowing Burglars. That's cool. Um, so these guys never really, never really got caught? Never they got caught. Never and caught. Never the, caught. Sta- the statute of limitations has already run out on Grand Theft, so they can no longer prosecute them if they know who they who they are. So they are, they got away with it. Totally. And, and the crazy thing was, uh, when this happened, it was, uh, it was totally like a, a new deal of, of robbery. Like the FBI was like, no criminal would invest the time to sit there and, you know, burrow underneath a bank and then drill through the floor. Like right. they were always concerned about, um, 
about, you know, like stick ups and, you know, people breaking in at night and then, you know, doing the old drill the hole bullshit right. um, that people were actually scared during this time. Like people were like legitimately scared of like waking up one morning and then like finding out like 10 banks just got popped and, you know, there was no real evidence. The only evidence they found in the first uh, the first robbery was countless cups, uh, countless empty styrofoam cups of coffee. Damn. That's the only evidence left behind on the first robbery, which is just a bunch of so, empty styrofoam coffee cups in the in the. That's in the badass. Tunnel. Robert Stack didn't say that. <laughs> that, that, that just, like, um, paints the yeah, picture they were of like their patience. going to work every day. <laughs> Sorry, you like the that? picture of their patience. Like that alliteration there? Hey. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, how's the wife? She's doing all right. Shall <laughs> we start dig. digging? Let's dig. Yeah, let's get back to it. <laughs> couple more weeks of this and hey, did, we'll hit this bank very casually so, just like any other night of us coming down here and digging they're having that that uh water cooler talk did you see mash last night <laughs> mash? i'm not even sure mash was on in 1986 hogan's heroes was hogan's heroes was great D- dallas I, I think dallas was big right who shot jr <laughs> or china beach <laughs> Oh, no, but, like, it was ingenious. Like, I, I was reading that um, the reason why they didn't find any dirt, like, you know, they kept saying, I noticed Robert Stack mentioned several times about, you know, they were looking for dirt in the uh, in the storm drains, is what they would do is at the beginning of the day, they would dam up an area of the oh. drainage tunnels and let the water collect, and then they would just sit there and dump piles and piles of dirt in various areas on the other side of the dam, and then at the end of the dam, they would break the dam I didn't, and use the water I didn't flow even, to just spread I didn't it all throughout the storm drains. Where, yeah, where... That's that's how they disposed of the dirt. Like, it's fucking... Like, I mean, these guys either had to be... I was going to say, they, they had to be civil engineers. Or they had engineers to be in, engineers in, like, the Army Corps or the Navy or something, because, like, I mean, this was very well thought out. And who? How did they know where exactly the vault was? Like they would have had to know. They would have had to see some kind of blueprint, some kind of plan. Well, that's easy. You pay fifty. You go to the courthouse. You pay fifty bucks, and you can get a blueprint of any public building. Wow, I had no idea. I do they on banks too? Can you do that? With surely no, really structural design. Yes, like, you can, and don't call me Shirley. I'm <laughs> they won't specifically, like, when you see the blueprint, it won't specifically say, like, vault is vault. here. But if you're looking at the foundation and I'm layout, sure, yeah. it'll and you show, go like, into oh, the bank everywhere in the Yeah, I was going to say, you got to go into the bank foundation. and make a deposit. Or can I can I try to open up an account? And then you kind of, like, peruse, like, where are, where's the see, vault? But you don't, you don't even need to do that. Like, if you look at the blueprint with the foundation layout, it'll show the vast majority of the foundation of the building is a six-inch uh, foundation, and then generally where the vault is, it'll be a lot thicker. So you a go lot from like a six so inch so to eighteen heavier. inch um, foundation. There's your tip off. Oh, this eight by eight square area is eighteen inches thick. That's got to be the vault. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, so, these guys were fucking smart. I think they deserve the money. Yeah, I don't they, know. They, they, <laughs> I'm not even mad. Yeah, I'm not even mad. You can't be mad about that. That's yeah. crazy about the 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 how they got rid of the the dirt. As long as they didn't Andy Dufresne it and like shake it out by their pockets, <laughs> little by little, <laughs> twenty years taking out pieces of dirt from the tunnel. <laughs> we moved sixty tons of dirt over forty years. Yeah, those guys definitely deserve the money. But I mean, yeah, how do you launder that money back then too? It's probably well, they probably s- hid it in their house. 
There's well, always the money in the banana stand. We just go to <laughs> the different. The cold cash yeah. isn't all that hard to to launder because they weren't marked bills. They weren't expecting to be hit, yeah. so the serial numbers weren't logged. Yeah, and then, but when and then the safety deposit boxes just like spread out around the states and just pawn them and sell stuff to jewelers or whatever the stuff may be. Different collectors, right? Like you don't know what's going to be in those boxes. But I'm saying, like, all of a sudden, some guy. You know, he's got this civil engineer job, and then you see him, him and his wife rolling up in an Alfa Romero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or an Aston Martin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you make $20,000 a year. How the fuck do you afford this? <laughs> they probably did so much cocaine. <laughs> that was the right time. Everybody in the 80s was robbing banks and doing They low. probably bought so many lewds. So much lewds. <laughs> so many lewds. Out of the 36... So out of the 36 <laughs> lockboxes, I think only 26 of them actually had contents in it. The vast majority that they hit were empty. Uh, I remember I read a LA Times article talking uh, where they interviewed an FBI agent. And he said that... As crafty as these guys were, they had no fucking clue what they were doing when it came to like ransacking. Yeah, a a, a, a vault. Like he was just like they just went for it, and the vast majority of the lockboxes they broke into were empty. Um, the main thing that they really took that was kind of a point of interest is they took a sketch of a young girl by Matisse. Oh, that was like the biggest biggest thing that they were concerned about was you know that that's a one in a kind one of a kind sketch wow. and that never so came up anywhere it's never shown up like i i googled a little bit on on any type of sketches of a young girl by matisse and there's nothing so this that's guy weird. probably didn't know what it was and threw it away or knew what it was and was like i'll keep it <laughs> damn so if, if you're the heir of a young matisse sketch of a young woman your relative is probably a notorious bank robber. Bank robber. <laughs> the burrowing buffoon. The burrowing... Uh, what's the smart word that starts Bur- with B? A smart... Bu- uh, bureaucrats? <laughs> Bur- <laughs> burrowing You know what? I just, I just, for uh, fun, I googled what shows were big in 1986, and <laughs> Matlock had actually oh, just dude. started Start- a few months What about MacGyver? Was MacGyver happened. around during this time? Because um, this is totally question. a MacGyver job. This is definitely <laughs> a MacGyver job. Matlock had competing Robert Stack fashion, definitely. Uh, oh, totally. Yeah, those those white suits. Um, yeah, th- I, this is a cool one. I was really into this one. Um, Ooh, just the balls, dude. The you know what? This you, this this actually MacGyver probably inspired this. They, MacGyver started in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably watching MacGyver be like, "We can do that." You know that. what? If this guy can make a that. bomb. Out of a paper clip and a. If we got a paper clip, a pack of bubble gum, and a newspaper, we can pull this off, Jimmy. We could definitely steal some shit from a vault. McGruber. Just by digging. <laughs> well, the next one is a spooky one. Um, and there's some ballsy choices on these on the reenactments in this one. This is the, yeah, there really is. Oh man, the CPR and the girl. Those guys were not so doctors. Fake. <laughs> they were not doctors. All right. So this is an unexplained. The unexplained. I've seen Neil Patrick Harris play a better doctor than these That's guys. Doogie Howser. Oh, Doogie Howser is a great show. He plays a great doctor. Anyway, that's a different podcast. What are we talking? Um, the unexplained. Uh, we're talking about NDEs, near death experiences. Um. More commonly known as NDEs, near-death experiences. 
<laughs> this first girl, Crystal Merslock, she was uh, swimming at a birthday party. She's not t- she was like confident enough in her swimming skills, but obviously not a very good swimmer. She got pushed into the pool and just started. She just drowned. Like she just remembers like breathing in water immediately. Um, she's telling the story, so spoiler alert: she's alive. <laughs> and then, uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty scary. And they take her to I, like I don't really know how this works, but they take her to the uh, hospital. And um, the the guy said that her. Uh, so her eyes. So apparently, according to the doctor, her eyes were fixed and dilated when she came in. Uh, she, which usually means no brain activity, is what he was thinking. No normal reflexes to somebody that is still responsive. It's, uh, um, so at 3:30 p.m., she was clinically dead, and 20 minutes later, she was revived. Um, woo, which, which yeah. That's crazy to me, though. Did they? What I, the question that I have is: Were they working on her for twenty minutes? Like, yeah, trying to resuscitate her. Supposedly, that wow, that's the a, reenactment that's, that's a long was. Another time. question yeah. is: Like, if she's that drowned, like, uh, then they like took her to the hospital. Like, what, what was going on? Were they just like re- trying to get her back the whole time? Right. It's weird, but yeah, we don't know. Yeah. So so yeah. Apparently, twenty minutes later, she was revived, and uh, she she you know talked about a um and then robert stack explains what an nde is which is you know people explain like you know the fucking you know the light at the end of the tunnel duh this a sense of well-being like you're very comfortable um this little girl said she saw a tunnel with colorful bricks and a lady named elizabeth was like come with me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why um like me explaining it sounds dumb but so the, the the reenactment was pretty dumb too it was just like, oh, it was a lady. Her name was Elizabeth. She's like, hey, what's up? I'll help you. <laughs> uh, she said she also felt this place was where I wanted to be. I felt this place was where I wanted to be. And um, and she also saw herself floating above her body and watching the doctors trying to save her life and, like, just beating the shit out of her chest. Well, that's how the reenactment was, at least, right? Yeah, but do do you see like the reenactment, yeah. like the the Terrible. guy giving CPR, like his yes. hand is a good like four feet above her chest, like right. like nowhere near it. And, oh, really? It's funny because oh, he's pressing down on her. Yeah, he's pressing down on her, and she's like not moving at all. Like the little girl is just staying very still. Like you could tell they're not touching her. That's too. These guys are not. I don't want to get sued for sexual harassment. (laughs) Men are not. I don't want to be Weinsteined. In this post Kevin Spacey (laughs) world, we're all they they were scared. Yeah. So. (laughs) So yeah, my question, my only question is like her, like them, the hospital working on her for twenty minutes. Because I mean, to me, I I know she was a child, but I also know that a lot of doctors, like once once they test you and they say you're you're like she's gone. You know, DOA at, and they give you the time of death. I don't necessarily know that they keep working on them. So for them, for her to wake up twenty minutes later is kind of like baffling to me. That's the only oh, question that I have. Oh yeah, no. Once, once, once the doctor calls the time of death, it's. Well, that's how official. it is. In, that's how it is in the mood in the movies. I um, but. Yeah, I don't know. But, but I mean, uh, it is possible to flatline and them still working for you. It's like when the doctor specifically says time of death. Like at that point, they stop. It's like, all right, we're going to call it that they're dead. We're going to just keep working because it's 
I don't got nothing to do for another 30 minutes, so might as well. Like, yeah. no, it's once it's called, it's called. So, yeah, yeah that called. was kind of weird that he was like, they pronounced her dead, but then kept working. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he, he does say that she was unresponsive. By 3.33, she was clinically dead, is what they say, is what Robert Sachs says. So, who the fuck so knows what maybe, that means? Maybe they did. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, like, maybe she was just unresponsive, because the way she explains it, she was floating over her body, watching the doctors, trying to save her life, and then um, uh, she remembers, like, missing her mom and how much she liked it, but she remembers, like, she'll never get to see her mom again, so she wanted to go back, and then she woke up in the coma. She woke up, and then she, like, saw, she came back to her body, is what she says. And then mm-hmm. after that, she was in a coma for three days. Um, and apparently as soon as they took her home, she, she made a full recovery. And then, um, another spooky thing is that, uh, the doc, she remembered the doctor. She had been unconscious yeah. the whole time and she remembered the doctor and, and she, she was, yeah, she had been unconscious the entire time. Yeah. And she described being resuscitated and stuff, um, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, and then they, they talked to that doctor who's like all about NDEs and being all spiritual it's like some people think that uh, the mind's unable to cope with death and it makes up a beautiful fantasy in order to deal with it. But this guy is sure that it's more than that. <clears throat> and then we get to our second NDE. This guy, Tom Sawyer. Fucking Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy was a clown. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree with that. Tom, Tom, Tom's a fucking clown for sure, dude. Tom Sawyer's like, with a name like that, you're either a comedian or me or... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mr. Tom Sawyer. Um, he lived in upstate New York. He's a snowplow operator. He his, doesn't even know how to jack up a car properly. His kids don't like him. I mean, sorry, he, he's got kids. Uh, he doesn't like books. <laughs> Is that a thing that they said? I don't remember. Dude, you don't remember that shit? Oh my god, no, Dad, Dad, you remember like the shit? So like, so like, they, they they explained how when he grew up, he was like a popular kid, but his grades weren't good for obvious reasons. And then he goes, <laughs> he goes, I just couldn't. He's like, I I just couldn't read books. Couldn't get through a book. I just didn't like them. I didn't like books. And it's like, why the fuck is this part of this? <laughs> him just like, like, like Robert Stack narrating him talking about how he doesn't like books. Read a fucking book, Tom. <laughs> fucking come on, Jesus reading God. Rainbow. That your shit. Your name is Tom Sawyer. You piece of shit. Read a book. <laughs> no, right? Jeez. Um, I, I, I guess the his lack of education comes comes into play a little later in this story, but like <laughs> because just, he doesn't. It just seems so fucking weird. Like popular kid, but he just didn't have good grades, and he's like fucking books, man. Fucking hate books. <laughs> fucking books. I hate books. I hate books. I hate books. I wish I could just burn them all. Yeah, dude. Fucking book burning. The only book I ever really dove into is, what, what is it, Fahrenheit 1401 or 1411? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's the only He's book a- I could ever get into. Um, <laughs> burning books. Yeah, so in 67, after he sucked at uh, reading, or didn't like reading, he married his wife, Elaine, and they had two sons. And in 68... He actually qualified for the for the USA Olympic biking team, bike race, bicycling, um, and they don't talk about that ever again. So let's assume <laughs> he didn't do good. 
Um, well, no, the truck fell on him and it ended his cycling career. <laughs> You're jumping ahead. Uh, he also lets us know that he's agnostic and not religious, and he's like, yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of like lead up, like there's like it, it just presented with a bunch of random facts. Like he doesn't like books and he's not religious. Like who gives a shit? Oh, okay. Because when he was repairing his truck, his book, his when he was repairing his pickup truck, his book hating body, his book hating body got mangled. <laughs> but when he was repairing his truck, yeah. a bunch of books just started, just fell on him and just got pissed. And they're like, "Fuck you, read us." They came to life and started dancing and beating the shit out of him. Uh, and 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 you know what book it was? Because he's not religious, it was just Bibles. <laughs> She's not even Bibles. <laughs> it was both the things. He's not religious and he doesn't like books, so the fucking Bibles were coming after him. Um, he does read me, <laughs> and not the soft uh, paperbacks, the fucking leather bound ones. Yeah, like leather really bound. nice, like gold embossed leather bound King, Bibles. King James, King the King James, James versions. Yeah, <laughs> unabridged with all the these and nows. The one that's really hard to read. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, a truck. He he's under his truck, and this pickup truck falls on him. And his son Todd like runs into the room and calls nine one one. And then his wife starts screaming, and the neighbors come and try to help him. And uh, all this time, he like talks about how he re- he remembers like seeing the ambulance drivers like leaving to yeah. go get him. Yeah, Having a conversation. Like, no, that he like, heard their conversation. He, he explains darkness, and then it took shape of a tunnel, and uh, <laughs> and so he saw like a little light in the tunnel. <laughs> Bullshit. He said he saw the shape of a tunnel way off, absolutely positively to infinity, and then he saw a speck of white light. But I, I just want to, spe- dude, absolutely positively to infinity. Yeah. I'm- the shape of the tunnel way off absolutely positively to infinity appears speck a speck of white light <laughs> and he so felt good. no pain and he felt so good and um um he said he had absolute total knowledge and if he could ask anything he would get a real answer and then he went through like a review of his life like you know the abridged like you know tv show version of his life and then he got a choice of uh, staying there or living. And he apparently was Man. like, this is too good. And he wanted to stay there. And then... Um, and then God said, you don't like to read books, so you're going you're back. You're going back to piece of shit. Read the I'm fucking the only Bible. guy you'll ever hear that says, I got kicked out of heaven. Yeah, that yeah. was some... He, he kept saying he was kicked out of heaven. This guy's such so fucking stupid. I'm um, sorry, sir. Heaven is only for book readers. Yeah. You can be a serial killer, but you gotta read books. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like people that don't fucking read books. Like, come on, just read one. You, you, only, you only gotta read one. So he was taken to the hospital. He was saved. He says he was kicked out. Yeah, kicked out of heaven. So, um, apparently he had no oxygen for 15 minutes. Um, and he came back, uh, and they were able to resuscitate him. And then we get into this weird shit of him, like, just telling his wife about <laughs> Max Planck. And, um, they were like, who's that? And then, he, um, and then he started writing down all these math equations and Greek symbols and, oh, God. Look, honey, I can math now. Yeah, and he, 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 and I think that's why they tell us earlier that, you know, he didn't fucking 
like books. <laughs> he didn't read books. Like swear, I, we swear he didn't read books because this guy at the library he was asking about like Greek symbols, and this guy gave him a book, and he he opened it up. He, he found the, a guy in the stacks. He, yes. he, saw, mm. he saw the side <laughs> yeah, yeah, symbol he that he had been drawing, and he saw the name Max Planck. So, just so you know, just so you know, earlier he, in the case, he said he never read a book. So, right. that's spooky, As, right? Yeah, and it's crazy that back then, people used to go to the library, as one did. Oh, yeah. for, for those that are listening yeah. out there don't know what the stacks are <laughs> it's a part of a library where you go and look up where to find your book isn't that the the uh, what's it called the Dewey Decimal System <laughs> that's how it's that's, that's part how of libraries it. are the libraries are uh, organized by the Dewey Decimal System <laughs> so apparently Tom Sawyer is like a fucking relentless annoying asshole now right like he like mm-hmm. loves everybody, and he's got like this renewed sense of like life and shit. And um, he's like talking about all these dumb like math problems he's fucking writing, and how he didn't used to read, but he like knows names of books and even without reading them and shit. Um, and, and apparently he knows math now. He's really yeah. good at math. Yeah, it's, it's just oh, I just don't. Yeah, fuck you, Tom. Fuck you, Tom yeah. Sawyer. I feel like he's just trying to get all of us to paint the fence for him. Or was that Huckleberry Finn? (laughs) (laughs) Which one was it? Tom? No, yeah. I don't know. Fuck it. (laughs) Obviously, I've never read a book either. (laughs) (laughs) Modern day Moyer memes trying to take some meme pride. Uh, I love Rush. Tom Sawyer. Have any of you guys had indies? Have you have you guys ever had like a near death experience? Slap in the base? No, never. Uh, my friend almost died, but we saved him. He was he was a real big dude that almost you know those like big tunnels the like <clears throat> like if you're at a creek and it's going underneath if when there's water going underneath like a small road there's like these they they usually like engineer some like. Like tunnels to go that lets the water flow underneath the road. Well, they're they're big and like metal. They're made of like corrugated metal. And uh, one time we were going tubing out in Del Rio, Texas, and my friend Chris was this big, big dude. Like I want to say maybe three hundred pounds. And uh, he fell in the water. And if he hadn't been so big, uh, he would have gotten stuck in there because he was so. F- I don't want to say fat. He was large. He was a large individual. <laughs> and uh, he was so... His his size actually saved his life. It wasn't for his natural buoyancy. No, it wasn't. Because the water was rushing. And if he literally... if I mean, it was a big... It was a pretty big, long road. And there, we looked on the other side of the, the river. And it was just rocks. Like, it was, like, dammed up with rocks. <clears throat> but there was enough... air. There was enough flow that water was getting through but like a person would not have been able to get through that and he got stuck in there and he couldn't get himself out because the 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 river was rushing so so much so a bunch of us jumped in and like actually had to physically pull him out but yeah if he if he had been a smaller dude if it had been me because back then i was like maybe like what 100 maybe 40 pounds soaking wet opposed to the 400 pound eli these days yeah (laughs) 
he, he, he literally he would have died if had he been any smaller. So you saved a man's life. Well, good for you. You got any other stories of how awesome you are, Eli? Shit. No, no. Well, I was just asking, like, if he had ever had a like a, an NDA ex- or NDE experience. Yeah. You mean a near I've death experience? Up, experience? Yeah. I've woken like up a near death and experience. Experience. Like a final destination kind of thing? No, never. <laughs> I at one time I uh, I drowned and then I saw the devil himself. <laughs> I saw the devil and he was like, "Ah, we'll see you later," and then he sent me back. <laughs> uh, so uh, no, yeah, that's that's the only thing that I make anybody's brush with death. I don't have. Yeah, so um, these people just had like a dream. Uh, and they didn't really die or whatever. It's fine. They well, just it's had too a inconsistent. really good DMT trip is what they it's had. Too, it's too inconsistent. I I would be inclined to believe if they all had the same experience and the same details and the same like retelling. But the fact that it's so it's so different that I don't I don't buy the only thing the only thing that's even remotely similar is that the white light. Yeah. Well, I mean, That's, we know we know more now. Like Dan was saying, like DMT, which is like actually makes dreams in your. It's actually in like it's a drug. You can t- take it, but it's also part of your, like fucking neurolog your n- neurology. <laughs> Like, so, mm-hmm. so that's what it's a, you know, it's a chemical that goes off when you dream and after, before you die, it's, it's like proven that it goes off in your head before you die, giving you all these beautiful, you know, dreams before, you know, or experiences. Um, so that's kind of like, huh, it's like how we know too much. It's kind of the same thing with the sleep paralysis thing that they were doing, yeah. the alien abduction, the missing time or whatever. It's like. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of that was just sleep paralysis, which has already been like it's a documented thing. <laughs> so a lot of this is just kind of like ah, oh, like fucking we know too but much. But in the eighties, like, it was good television. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you agree that this is probably all just like some DMT just letting off oh, in your brain, totally. just like a total, you know? <laughs> hey, honey, you're gonna trip for fifteen minutes, and it's gonna be <laughs> wild. Yeah. So it's kind of like ah, oh, we know too much. Anyway, um, and then there's a PSA about how suicide's bad. Like, oh, don't, like, go looking for that light at the end of the tunnel, guys. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, thanks. That, I'm sure the sensors told you to put that, but... Oh, I mean, that was the first thing that popped into my head this afternoon when I saw that segment. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> let's like, ride I wanna that go, I want to feel beautiful and... Uh, and never come out of it. <laughs> I want to feel absolutely positively to infinity. <laughs> I, I want to do that and listen want- to Coma. I want all my answers, uh, all my questions yeah, answered. I want all my my questions answered. I want all knowledge. Uh, and then we get an update. Knowledge. We get an update of Dan Willens, and this is the gold dude, the guy who had a yeah. bunch of gold and then went missing. And the, the this, is, this is the same thing we saw uh, when we talked about it last time. Davy Willens um, comes forward and says that that might be his like great uncle, but they were never able to prove it. I um, will, however, say that the the update made me want to grow my mustache back out. <laughs> so that might be happening. So we got this is an unexplained death, and um, we're gonna be talking about Mister Perman, or Perm for short. His friends call him Perm. Uh, <laughs> Perman Gilbert. You like, you like my Perm? So a 15 year old boy riding his lawnmower home from, you know, mowing a lawn, discovered a body of a naked, badly beaten man. Later that day, it was discovered that it was 46-year-old Perman Gilbert. 
and he lived seven miles away from where the body was found. And apparently he was normal, but once they started doing a little investigation, uh, as Robert Stack says, um, uh, words like uh, uh, bad boy came up. Bad, bad boy. Um, too bad, bad, bad boy. Permit um, was a bad, bad boy. Bad, drug bad trafficker, boy, organized crime, mobster. drug trafficking, drug trafficking, uh, and a jealous husband. Maybe he also he also had a uh, the the ladies thought he was quite handsome. All these ladies around town, they were yeah, all talking about bad. how handsome he was. He was a appliance repairman, but he also like did contracting on his own. He worked for a company, but sometimes he did it on his own. So he did a bunch of service calls. And that's when he would cross into Kentucky um, from Ohio. So um, on the day on the day of his disappearance, he had some service calls. He went to Mount Oreb, Ohio. He went to Georgetown, Ohio. And then he went to Aberdeen, Ohio. And then he, he crossed and stopped at a market. To crossed in Kentucky, right? That's where he was in Kentucky. Yep. He stopped. At he a, was in Kentucky. He stopped at a market and uh, uh, creeped on the employee there. Maybe got um, some fr- maybe got some fried chicken. Yeah, he was asking her if, if she would eat the sandwich with him. <laughs> if she would eat bologna and, and cheese. According to him, it was just according to her, it was just your everyday normal, uh, you know, flirting. Just you know, just, these people were used to it. And then they uh, stopped at the and then she, she stopped at a he stopped at a flower shop. And then creeped over there, too, asking for a specific employee and then not wanting to deal with the other employee and just left. And that's, yeah, when, that was, they, that's when they lost him. That yeah. was kind of weird. Like, like the whole body language, and I'm going by the reenactment, but but the whole body language in between those two scenes are just very, very different. Like, you know, he's very outgoing at the uh, the convenience store and very friendly and cordial, and then he comes off at the flower shop as very standoffish and kind of rude. Mm-hmm. Like like and and that doesn't fit like um it I don't know if it you guys we're gonna mention it probably later but it stipulates that he was a Freemason and just that kind of body language just doesn't kind of fit that pro profile of of a Mason yeah. like something was well it's just shitty reenactments probably I mean from both of them like I mean the people explaining it said that he was real nice like he was like oh why don't you eat the sandwich with me and he always asked and the lady at the flower shop was like. Oh, you know, the other person here knows exactly what I want, and I'll see you later. Um, but, yeah, the reenactments are always, like, uneven. But, I mean, from from the way that those ladies were explaining it, it was just like, yeah, it's just normal, just every day. That's, you he know. was just being perm. Yeah, just, just being perm. good old perm. Just, perm, just, just perming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> perm. And then, so that's when he was never seen again after the flower shop. Um, at 3 uh, so... Around midnight, his wife starts freaking out. She's like, this is weird. Around 3 a.m., she starts calling around, um, calls the police, and they don't find... They have no leads until the next day when they find the body. Or when they identify the body. I guess he found the body next day earlier, and they didn't They didn't identify the body That's, until the afternoon. <clears throat> That's the other thing that, that struck me weird is, you know, his wife makes a comment about... She's like, well, I was a young mother, and like... It was too dangerous for me to go out at night. Like, what kind of area do you live in where you say? Well, it's no, no, that's not what dangerous. she meant, though. She what she was saying was like, her husband was missing and they had a young baby. That she was scared to like go look for him because if something bad happened to him, that something bad would happen to her. You know, like 
if if some if she if he had gotten murdered right outside the house or something and there was someone waiting for her, that's kind of the vibe I got. Okay, so he was his body was he was naked and he had two bullet wounds. His wife's like, I don't like that. That always I always thought that was weird. It's like, oh well, yeah, and then yeah, Masonic wallet and belt buckle and uh, were taken. These are things he always had on him. So that that might have something to do with it, the whole Masonic angle, but they don't really talk about it. That's not even one of the theories. They never found the clothes either. They never found the clothes either. But they found the van 22 miles away from the body, and everything looked normal. Uh, And that's about it. Theory one, what's the stupid first theory? That he owned a plane, (laughs) and these people... So... The first thing they think happened is he did have a little plane and they think and apparently he had been approached to you know transfer some money at the very least his wife is explaining and they have a little reenactment of it um of these guys telling him like you know dry, fly here get out get yourself a, some coffee and we'll put a bunch of we'll put whatever needs to be in the plane in the plane and there'll be money on the seat and you don't have to worry about it just fly back and he would never do this yeah, he turned down multiple occasions. He was a family man, and he was like, that's not what we do. And some people think that got him killed. That uh, He knew too much about this plan after being like kind of asked to Approached do it. Approached a few times. Yeah, and he had known too much. Um, uh, they do say the phrase, they do say the phrase, um, we think he just knew too much uh, a lot of times, more than twice. Um, theory two is that his brother... Uh, was like in a he, he was he was called to testify in 1982 for some organized crime thing um, and he wasn't a, Perman was there to support him but wasn't allowed during the hearing and when he went outside he thought that like uh, he thought he was being followed so people think that he may have been targeted by this organized crime but th- that's just too flimsy it makes no sense it's weird yeah, yeah I don't know there's lots of holes in that theory and then the theory, the third theory is that it was a crime of passion. He goes, he's a repairman going to people's houses and there's a jealous boyfriend that killed him. Yeah. That one's kind of <laughs> lame. <laughs> I, I imagine, I imagine there's a lot of pornographic adult movies that were based on that, the, that, the, 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 the GE repairman. repairman. Yeah. That theory oh, is just sounds in. like a bad porno. I come in my washer is making a funny noise. Well, well, lady, your pipes well, are really well, backed up. <laughs> Why don't you allow me to clear these? Oh, but I don't have any money. That's okay. We'll figure something out. Yeah, exactly. Perman was in a porno situation that, that turned bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't really look into any of these cases today. Um, Perman, Perman's case remains unsolved. Right? It still does. Yeah, it, it actually still remains unsolved. Sadly, his wife passed away before and before she could find out anything more. It doesn't give her date uh, when she passed away, but it says, sadly, his wife, Joanne, uh, died without learning any new information about her husband's death. Mm-hmm. There was This case was also covered on an episode of The Trail Went Cold. Really? And yeah, they covered they covered some of this. Is that a podcast? Uh, l- Learning Channel, early two thousands, wasn't it? The trail went cold. I don't know that one, um, but yeah. So, um, 
we're not sorry we're not solving any crimes this week guys uh usually we like to try to solve a crime <laughs> but mr gilbert doesn't uh doesn't leave us very many clues no but it's crazy they never found his clothes and he was naked and they said that his body, they think he was laying there for about 10 hours. Oh, it's kind of weird. Like, uh, his wife was saying, like, I've been told that they leave victims naked to embarrass the family. Yeah. I think How that's about- some sort of, like, organized crime, uh, like, thing she Theory. heard. Yeah. Because yeah. she, no, no, she pos- seems Posing pretty- the body in an awkward position would be done to embarrass the family. She, she seems pretty uh, hard set that it, it's organized crime involved because when they talk about the jealous uh, boyfriend, you know, the third theory, she's like, definitely not. So I think she was pretty much convinced that it was uh, some foul play. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> what was the cause of death again? D- uh, two two shots. Two gunshots. Oh, yeah. Honestly, if he was naked, I think he was probably banging some other chick and some husband found her found them killed them and just didn't bother putting he's a big dude didn't bother putting his clothes back on just disposed of his body left yeah. his car somewhere and, and also uh another i mean there yeah he seems like kind of like all the ladies said he was handsome the the lady at the at the grocery store seemed to like 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 by the reenactment and which was her retelling was that like he he every time he would come into the store he would you know like say like oh when are you going to when are you gonna go out with me? Eat the sandwich with me? Like, like he just casually, yeah, would, would like hit on these ladies, you know. Right. And they, they didn't think anything of it. It's nothing. Yeah, you know, they just thought it was just him being flirtatious. One nothing, of the funniest pickup untoward. lines. So I used to work at a. I used to be the IT guy for a bank. That's how come I moved to Dallas, and because uh, I was offered a job here. And when I moved here, one of the first jobs that I went to. Uh, for those of you that don't know that that really cheesy show, I don't even think it's on anymore. But um, uh. Cheaters, the one that yes. the guy would drive around with the van, that was based in Love Dallas. So it's funny um, to, to see old episodes and uh, you could see like the places, different places. You're like, oh, I know exactly where that is. Well, anyways, one of the funniest lines I ever heard was um, I was it was in a it was in a bank in Fort Worth, like North Fort Worth. And I'm there fi- I'm behind the teller line, you know, fixing a computer and this uh, regular customer comes in. He's saying hi to all the ladies. And yeah, it kind of reminds me of what this guy Perman would be like, you know, kind of being flirtatious. And, uh, but you could, you know, he was married, he had a wedding ring on and he was joking around about his wife. And then he ends up asking one of the tellers behind there. He's like, Hey, you, you want to be on cheaters with me? (laughs) (laughs) Instead of asking if she wants to sleep with him, she asked if he wants to be on a television. Oh my God. Uh, It was very clever. It made me laugh. He made everybody laugh. Oh my um, God. I hate to say this, I'm, I'm a guilty person of watching that show because it's always playing on the TV on our bus. Yeah, yeah it's so funny. They it still comes make on fresh at night. Episodes. It's totally, it's, to, it's they still totally make fresh. Episodes. They still do. Yeah. No way. Yeah, I think dude. they're now based out of Atlanta now. Oh wow. The host That's is terrible. so like he doesn't know what to do with his arms. It's really weird. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how to. Explain well, there was it two without... hosts. Wasn't there two hosts? One of them got shot, I think, and. Yeah, one of them got shot, and now they have a new host. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, this guy just, like... Shit got too too real. This person... Too real too fast. This person went in here and did this, and this person, like, it's... I just don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, yeah, I I don't... I mean, this is a podcast. It's hard to explain, but his hands are just in front of... Like, if you ever get a chance to watch Cheaters, 
it's on like whatever local channel at like three in the morning. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's on True TV if you don't have cable. And if you or ever want to find one of those, if you ever want to find one of those, uh, those one eight hundred numbers, they play the commercials during that show. <laughs> Call us now. Uh, We're waiting. Live girls waiting to talk to you. <laughs> Hotbodaciousbabes.com. So, our buddy uh, Perman, uh, we'll never know. I don't know. <clears throat> so, bank Damn. robberies, near death experiences, and mysterious murder. Dude. Dan, you're right. Cheaters is started up back in 2012 again, and they're still going strong, man. Oh, yeah. Dude. I was telling you, man, like, it's on the TV seasons. on my bus, like, nonstop. Like, it's guaranteed you can get on the bus at, like, 2 p.m., Cheaters is on. Get on the That's bus at 8 p.m., terrible. Cheaters is on. Why? Like, because they think it's funny, fail. or they like to watch it? Or what? I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's and always on. This, it's got somebody on your bus who's watching. I, th- I think our bus on. driver really likes cheaters. I don't know. It's super entertaining. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It makes you feel better about like your whole like situation. God, you watch these guys cheaters. suck. Yeah. yeah I like, but I mean, I think that's why people watch reality show in general. So they can like feel better about themselves. Like people don't oh, watch honey sure. boo boo to feel good. They watch honey boo boo to be like, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm not exploiting my daughter. As, I'm not as bad as June, baby June, mama June, whatever. I don't know. That show hasn't been on in years. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pick a more relevant show, David. Uh, thanks for having a good time with us. Um, um, we are at the Stack Pack on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and uh, on all the social media platforms, I am at D A V Y H O W, Davy Howe. Road underscore Dan at Big Bad Vinyl Dad. And uh, you can get us out there and talk to us about Unsolved Mysteries or uh, just uh, say hi. Um, if you have any theories about um, Eli being Bigfoot, um, we'd, we'd love to hear that as well. Um, yeah. For every mystery, there's someone somewhere who knows the truth. And perhaps that someone is listening to this podcast called The Stack Pack. And perhaps that someone is you. Thanks for hanging out with us this week, guys. Good night. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Have a night.